The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not going to throw away my shot. Oops, I got the last one not throwing away my shot. Those lines come from the blockbuster hit musical Hamilton, which our family saw down at the Forest Theater in September and which I've been obsessed with ever since. Uh, Hamilton tells the story of our founding father, Alexander Hamilton, and through the lens of his life, the founding of our country from about 1755 to 1804. It fills in the blanks of Hamilton's life and the story of our nation the people and their risk and their sacrifice, their creativity and their challenges, their beliefs and hopes and dreams. It captures much of who we were, who we are, and who we hope to be. And it's amazing to think that our church was founded in that very same time period, in 1753, 266 years ago, before there was a country. To put that in some perspective, it has been about nine generations between our church's founding and today. And so if you had a family member there at the creation of this church, they would have been your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparent, your seventh great-grandparent. The first church building of this church was a log cabin on the other corner of Butler and Susquehanna, in which they worshipped even before there was a roof on it. Henry Muhlenberg, the great patriarch of American Lutheranism, visited this church in 1754 and recorded about his visit, writing this. Many German Lutherans reside in this neighborhood, and though new beginners and poor, they have erected a roomy school and meeting house and have sought aid from us. I visited them at their request and preached on a weekday baptized several children in the presence of a large assemblage of German and English people. As there was as yet no roof on the building, it was difficult to preach in it. 
I urge the poor people to follow my example and add their contributions to mine so that at least one half of the building might be roofed in, which was done. That very same log cabin is said to have housed a camp hospital where troops from Virginia and Massachusetts were stationed nearby during the Revolutionary War. And around 10 revolutionary soldiers are buried in the old churchyard across the street. However, following the revolution between 1810 and 1852, ministry here ceased. The church decayed and then disappeared. And then, after more than four decades of fallow time, a new church, the old stone church that some of you will remember, was built in 1858, just a few years prior to the outbreak of the Civil War, at a whopping cost of $4,000. They worshiped there until this building was built in 1973. The first pastor dedicated solely to the ministry of Upper Dublin and not shared with other churches started here in 1898 at the annual salary of $600. During World War I, this congregation purchased liberty bonds to support the war effort and sent contributions for relief to Europe and to China. During World War II, windows were blacked out for air raid drills, and a gasoline shortage meant that the choir could only practice every other week together. Oh, you would like that, I say. <laughs> it is really incredible to think about everything that this church has seen, experienced, and endured over the years. But why this history lesson and walk down memory lane? Well, it's All Saints Sunday. And one of the things that we remember on All Saints Sunday is that you cannot know who you are or where you are going unless you know where and who you come from. And that is precisely Paul's point in the letter to the Ephesians, as he talks about the inheritance that we have received from God and all the saints who have gone before us. He says that as followers of Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance and that we are destined according to a purpose. We have a pledge of inheritance toward redemption as God's own people. Paul calls us to remember and to live out the hope to which God has called us through the riches of God's glorious inheritance and the immeasurable greatness of God's power. In faith and in church, we pass on what we ourselves have received from the saints that we remember with such great affection today. The first members of this church who were immigrants from the Palatine and Rhine provinces of Germany, the saints who have been the giants of their generations here at Upper Dublin, those who lived long lives among us and those whose time was cut too short, and especially today, the many saints that we have lost in this last year. They shaped us. They blessed us. They led us and loved us, and they gave us the inheritance of their faith and the example that we have and hold today. They have passed on to us a sacred charge, to share the love of God and serve our neighbors in our time as they did in theirs. And this, in the end, is what makes a saint. Saints are not superheroes. Saints are those who embody the love and grace of God for others, those who seek to be faithful in their time amidst all of their limitations and flaws and challenges, to bear witness and hand down the faith, 
to pass on our goodly and godly inheritance from one generation to the next. As I was reading through the history of our congregation this week, I found a wonderful reflection about our Upper Dublin Saints, which was written on the occasion of our 175th anniversary in 1928. And it says this, Who can realize on this felicitous anniversary occasion what it cost of toil, self-sacrifice, prayer, and faith when in the long ago, these sturdy, God-fearing men and women, pioneers in the spiritual realm as well as in the material, built their houses of worship for their own spiritual profit and for the welfare of their posterity. We delight to honor them. We sacredly cherish their blessed memory, and this is well. But our contemplation of their pious lives and rugged faith should move us to emulate their virtues and determine that they shall not have toiled and sacrificed in vain. Such reflection should move us so to dedicate our lives, and so to dedicate our energies, and so consecrate all our God-given powers, that this grand heritage of ours may be bequeathed to our posterity, not only unimpaired, but greatly augmented and beautifully enhanced. Anything less than this would be unworthy of us as the scions of noble sires. These people, our ancestors, our saints, those we remember today, those that we hold in our hearts, and those from ancient of days, did not throw away their shot. They stepped up and they sacrificed. They strove to be faithful to the gospel in their generation. They knew that history had its eyes on them. They knew that in the words of Hamilton, if we lay a strong enough foundation, we'll pass it on to you, we'll give the world to you, and you'll blow us all away. In the narthex this morning, we have displayed old pictures and ledgers and worship books from our archives, windows into our church's history. And I invite you to check it out and to see yourselves in their faces and stories. Imagine yourselves in their shoes and dream about what people will say about this time at Upper Dublin 50 or 100 years from now. And then move to the other table and fill out one of those I'm inspired by pages about what inspires you about our church. Because you are part of something amazing here, something that not everyone can claim. In this season of stewardship, in this moment of challenge with our budget, which has been a challenge this year and we already know will be a challenge for us again next year, and in a time when the American religious landscape is rapidly changing yet again, I'm inspired by those saints who have gone before us, who started a primitive log cabin church to worship God, who, poor as they were, raised the funds to finally put a roof on that log cabin, who rebooted a dormant congregation after nearly 50 years, who sacrificed and risked so that their descendants, you and I, might worship God and serve this community and the world. I'm inspired because I see their qualities in all of you, in your involvement and leadership, in your giving and prayers, in the stories that you tell me about the defining moments of the life of our church, 
and what you share with us about the things and the people that you love and value and inspire, are inspired by in this place. I'm inspired by the tears and the laughter that ring through these halls every week and every act of service and compassion. I'm inspired every time we sing Jesus Loves Me with our preschool children at chapel time and every teenager that finds a safe and supportive community in their own voice, in the way we care for one another in times of need, and for the way that we honor our departed saints and care for their families. You know, and I know, that this is a special place. And I believe that this time will be a defining moment for us, and that it's going to take all of us to step up, to give of ourselves more in some way in our time attention our prayers our involvement our leadership and yes in our giving to meet the moment and pass on our inheritance to future generations of this church the wider church to our children to our descendants since way back in 1754 when henry muhlenberg made his appeal to this congregation we have been and continue to be a place that steps up when needs arise and the need has arisen. And we need all of us to help meet it. History makes no promises for the future, but it shows us what and who we are made of. It reminds us that ordinary people who follow the call of Jesus to share God's love and serve our neighbors can do extraordinary things. And we do, and we will. On this All Saints Sunday, we give thanks for all of our Upper Dublin Saints who have made it possible for us to worship here together this morning. We honor their legacy and we mourn their passing. And we recognize that we are the saints of God in this time. And it is our sacred charge to pass on what was first handed to us. And we will not throw away our shot. Amen.